For the hymn, He Lives. Did we sing it? We didn't sing it this week. Oftentimes we do. But it's a hymn that a lot of you are familiar with. And I won't sing it for you today. You're lucky. Sometimes I will try to sing it, but my sinuses, honestly, are so messed up, I'm going to try to get through this service with my voice. Um, but it says, I'm not going to do the whole thing, but I want to say part of the hymn, because it's going to serve as a, as a, a launch into the message I want to talk about that comes out of, it's the result of Easter. And then the hymn, He Lives, um, it says this. It says, We serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that He is living whatever men may say. I see His hand of mercy. I hear His voice of cheer. And just the time I need Him, He's always near. He lives. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and He talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, He lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know He lives? He lives within my heart. You know it. Now think about that last line, the line you just quoted. He lives within my heart. We sing it enough that you could quote it without me saying it. We believe it because it's the foundation of Christianity. But what I want us to think about today is do we really know and live out what that means? That he lives within my heart. You see, the great message that comes out of Easter is that Jesus is alive. And because Jesus is alive, there's, there's a result that happens for the church. Because he is alive, we know that he lives within the life of his followers. Of every follower of Jesus can sing the song that he lives within my heart. You see, the song and most of our theology about that gets that part that he's alive. But this song hits on a point that I want to highlight today because I think this song also hits on something. It says it. It says something contradictory within its verse, within its words, and It's a theology that I think this song and we in our lives often get a bit wrong. And because we get it a bit wrong, I think it really affects how we live in the reality that he lives within my heart. You see, the song says this. Before it's saying that last line that he lives within my heart, it says, and just the time I need him, he's always near. It's making a point there. Just just the time I need him, he's always near. As if the presence of God is somehow near us and available to us when we call out to him. But what we find is that's not really the way the scripture depicts the reality of the Holy Spirit in relationship to his children. Scripture teaches what the last line of the song says. He lives Within my heart. And there's a big difference between those two ideas. But I don't think it's a big difference we often get because we can sing a song, we sing all kinds of worship songs, and we don't get that oftentimes our theology, we're saying a theology that's different than what the Scripture really says is true about the Holy Spirit. You see, there's a big difference between these two ideas. One, God lives in me. You ask me how I know He lives. He lives within my heart. And the other one, God lives near me. 
that when I need him, he's always near. Well, it must be one or the other. Scripture says that for the child of God, the presence of God by the Holy Spirit lives within. He's not just near. You see, one day, um, near the end of Jesus' bodily, earthly ministry, because he's still ministering, but one day, by the end of his bodily, earthly ministry, he was preparing his disciples for his departure. He knew that soon his, his death would come and his resurrection would come and his ascension to the right hand of the Father would come. So to prepare them and to encourage them, he told them something that we need to look at today that helps us understand this. Grab your Bibles and turn to the Gospel of John with me, the 14th chapter. John 14, verses 16 and 17. If you don't have a Bible, you're visiting with us or you just don't have one in the chairs in front of you, there's Bibles. If you don't own a Bible... You're welcome to take that with you. It's our gift to you. Nothing we love more than giving out God's word. So John 14, starting in verse 16, says this. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may be with you forever. That is, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. Jesus is talking about whom here? He's talking about the Holy Spirit. The words for the Holy Spirit, there's, there's many words for the Holy Spirit, but here he uses the word helper. He's called the Holy Spirit, he's called the helper, he's called the comforter, he's called the counselor. And Jesus here talking about the Holy Spirit says in the, in the context of this verse, basically saying this, I'm going to be going away. And when I do... The Father will send another helper. And he won't just be with you like I've been just with you, walking through these three years of ministry, but he'll actually be in you. You see, friends, the great message coming out of Easter isn't only that Jesus is alive, but also that now the Holy Spirit lives within each of his followers. That's why in 1 Corinthians, the sixth chapter, the Apostle Paul, while... Well, in the context of the sixth chapter, he's correcting the Corinthian Christians for engaging in sinful activities. And he says this to them. He says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? What Paul was saying is, he's saying, Christians, are you unaware of the facts? He says, The Holy Spirit isn't just near you. He is in you. In fact, you're his temple. You're his dwelling place. Now, he dwells everywhere because he's God. But in our interaction with him, we're his temple and he dwells within us. Now, he dwells everywhere. We're not trying to to limit him to being inside of us. But I'm saying in his interaction with us, he dwells within us. We're his temple. So how can he say to the Corinthians, if he's inside of you and you're his temple... How can you possibly want to engage in sinful activity because you're literally involving the Holy Spirit in your sinful activity? That's what he's saying. See, Paul understood what I think we sometimes kind of mess up. We kind of sometimes fail to understand. I oftentimes fail to understand. And what I hope we we do grasp today, the real reality of the fact that the Holy Spirit lives within the child of God. 
Paul in Romans 8 ties this to the Easter message, and that's why we're dealing with it today. Because in Romans 8, Paul ties it to the Easter message, and he says this, The same Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Church, we need to realize something today. The Holy Spirit dwells in the child of God. If you are in a saving relationship with Jesus, His Spirit dwells in you. However, and this is what I want to focus on today, this is the crux of what I want us to get, we often do not live in the fullness that this life-changing, empowering truth is meant to do in our lives. That we often don't live in the reality of the fullness of the Holy Spirit who dwells within us. We live as if the song we sang is true. That just the time I need Him, He's always near me. So we pray prayers and we sing songs that ask the Holy Spirit to come down or to fall on us or to come, Holy Spirit, I need you. All those songs that we sing. We sing those and and I understand the, the idea behind them is not wrong. It's saying we want you to fill us, but oftentimes the way it's phrased, we actually are saying something that's not really what's real. So we pray and we sing. We say, Holy Spirit, like you're not here, would you please come here? When in reality, the Holy Spirit is already in the life of the child of God. Yet the reality is, we often do not live in the fullness of his presence and influence. And I think there's a reason for it. I think it, I think it honestly starts with our, with our understanding of the Holy Spirit and our misunderstanding of the Holy Spirit. So for us to live in the fullness of His presence, I think we need to understand something. Something needs to happen. We need to understand before we can experience something needs to happen. Often God God blesses our ignorance and and I thank God He's done that to me a bunch of times, always, every day, probably. So I'm not saying, I'm trying not saying we've got to get things theologically exactly correct for, for God to function in our life in His fullness, but I'm saying the misunderstanding can keep us from functioning fully in the power of the Holy Spirit. See, for us to happen to operate in the fullness of his presence, we need to understand something. And it's this. The Holy Spirit is a person. He's not a commodity. I want to talk about that. The Holy Spirit is a person, not meaning he's sitting in the chair next to you, you know, uh, that he's just a person, he's limited, he's, he's human. That's not what I mean. I mean, he's a personality. That's what the scriptures teach. He has mind, emotion, will. He's a personality. He can be grieved. Um, he's a personality the same way Jesus is a personality and God the Father is a personality. The Holy Spirit is a person. He's not a commodity. And to live in his fullness, we need to learn to yield to the person, yield to the person of the Holy Spirit. But we usually think of the Holy Spirit and relate to the Holy Spirit as if he's a commodity. Something that we can have a certain amount of. That fullness is tied to getting more of a certain commodity that we call the commodity of the Holy Spirit. So I need more of this thing. Now I understand where that thinking comes from. Scriptures, in an effort to help us understand the ministry of the Holy Spirit, uses symbols and imagery to explain the Holy Spirit. All kinds of symbols and imagery. So we find in the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit in Scriptures is compared to the wind. And the Holy Spirit says, like the wind, that you don't see where he comes from, but you feel his effect. 
And we see in Scripture the Holy Spirit is described as water. And he's described as rain. He's described as a river that brings refreshment and life. And we see the Holy Spirit is revealed as oil. The anointing oil that sets people apart for ministry is unto the Lord. And we see the Holy Spirit is described as fire. Fire that purifies and burns up what doesn't belong. And we see the Holy Spirit is revealed as a dove. He's gentle and he's loving. And all these images are essential to help us get this full understanding. And even with all the images, we can't possibly grasp the fullness and the greatness of God and the Holy Spirit. All these images aim to explain the Holy Spirit. But I believe that if we're not careful, we can misunderstand the Holy Spirit from these symbols, meaning that we can conclude that He is a thing. A thing that you can have a large amount of or a small amount of. So I can have a little water or I can have a lot of water. I can have a big fire or I can have a small fire. I can experience a gentle wind or I can experience a powerful wind. And we can begin to look at the Holy Spirit as a thing, as a commodity to have in portions. That to be filled full of the Holy Spirit means then in that thinking that I need to get more of the Holy Spirit. And so we pray, and I think this is the general belief. So we sing and we pray, Come, Holy Spirit, I need you. Come, sweet Spirit, I pray. Come in thy strength and thy power. Come in their own, uh, thine own special way. And so we say we need more of Him. But church, I want you to think about something. That's not possible. The Holy Spirit is a person. He isn't portioned out. Today I don't get an arm and tomorrow I get a leg of the Holy Spirit. Or I get more of him tomorrow. So, so I really got him, so I got the leg and his hip. And that's kind of the way we think, more or less of him. Friends, here's the key. The Holy Spirit is a person. And spirit fullness isn't tied to you getting more of him, but... Him getting more of you. That's what spiritfulness is tied to. It's not tied to you getting more of this commodity. He's a person who interacts and lives literally within us. Spiritfulness is tied to Him getting more of you. You see, at your salvation, the Holy Spirit entered into your life. He came and He regenerated you and He gave you new eternal life, spirit life, and He purified you of your sins and He made you holy, giving you, it says, imparting to you, imputing to you the very righteousness of Jesus. And that same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus, it says, from the dead, now dwells in us. And God's plan for us is for us to live lives in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Yet here's the reality. We can clearly see from our lives, we can clearly see from Scripture, that oftentimes we don't live in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Oftentimes we don't. You know, we see John on the Isle of Patmos when he's writing the, the, the Revelation, the book of Revelation, and he says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. In other words, he's saying, I wasn't not always in the Spirit, but I was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. The Scripture compels us to live in the Spirit. Matter of fact, Paul in, in the book of Ephesians, the fifth chapter, says something that, that's a, it's an a, a, a instruction to us, a command to us. He says, do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the, and the, and the, the, 
way it's written there means be being always filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, if Paul is encouraging Christians to be filled with the Holy Spirit, because they obviously are not, and the Spirit is already in those same people because they're saved, we say, how can this be? It's because we can have the Holy Spirit within us and not be aware of His presence and yielded to His influence. That the Holy Spirit is saying, I want to completely live in and through you. And we can resist that. The Holy Spirit resides in the child of God, yet His influence is tied to our level of awareness and yielding to Him. The more aware we are of His presence and the more desirous we are for His Lordship, the more we're willing to yield to His influence and cry with the right heart, Come Holy Spirit, meaning you're here. Come and fill me completely. Take over. Burn up the junk. Take out the sin. Make me better. Make my flesh um, let my flesh be, be crushed so that you can live through me and transform me and empower me. The more we do that, the more he will influence and affect us. And that's the heart of spiritfulness. You say, but it can happen in an instant. It does. There's a time at times you come to Christ and you say, God, but this isn't all there is. I want more. And you call out to God and you yield and you say, God, give me it all. And the Holy Spirit begins to overwhelm you and he begins to say, I'm going to take more, I'm going to take more territory within you. See, spiritfulness is not us having more of the Spirit. We can't portion Him out. It's the Holy Spirit having more of us. It's about our yielding to His presence and our yielding to His influence within us. And we can either choose to agree with that or we can choose to disagree with that. We can say, I want more or I don't want more. It's not a matter of salvation. It's a matter of spiritfulness. So when we are praying to be filled with the Spirit, what we are really praying for is for the Spirit to control and to influence us in a greater way than He currently does in our lives. We are yielding more and more to His indwelling presence and willingly and lovingly giving up the control of our flesh to Him because we know that His empowerment, His influence is so much better than anything else. And friends, the result of this yielding to Him is first of all seen in our very nature, in our very character. Our character becoming like His character. When before we knew Jesus and His Spirit influenced us and we were yielding to Him, what's the Scripture say about us? It says we are angry and we are hateful and we are fighting. We are sinful. Now as we yield more and more to Him, praying for His fullness, praying to be filled up in ourselves completely, longing to be transformed, we begin to become filled with love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. His very character overwhelms and changes our character. You know how I think about this when I pray? I'm not a scientist, so I'm trying to look for the right word. I should have researched because I want to say resonance, but I don't know if that's the right word. I'm too old to remember from college and science, but... When molecules are resonate together, when they, they vibrate, that the Holy Spirit's within me, and I say, God, I want you to so overwhelm, I want you to literally be alive within me and have that life within me take over my character. 
So that when I used to be angry, I become loving. When I used to be hateful, I become forgiving. That your very character is beginning to grow within me. That's spirit fullness. When the spirit takes over more of Mark. But Mark's got to yield that to the Holy Spirit. And so the first result we see is his very character becomes our character. That why? Because now as he's inside of me, he's, his, his um, domain over me is more complete. I'm yielding more to him. And so that's, that's that fullness. But in addition to that, we, as we yield to him more completely, give him access to the fullness of our lives, we become more usable for him with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We become more able to hear what he has to say to us. So we can operate according to the gifts. We, became, we become a, a, a person who is, he can trust more to operate in the gifts of the Spirit through us. So when we live in greater intimacy and connectivity with the abiding Holy Spirit, he is free and more likely to distribute the gifts of the Spirit through you. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, that's what, how it says the Holy Spirit operates. He distributes his gifts as he desires. And he can do it more freely through you when you're more yielded to him. The gifts of healing and faith and prophecy and miracles and and all this wonder we want to see that is real for today. Churches may say it's not, but it is. It's real. We have people in this very room who have been healed by God. We have people here who have had miracles from God. Why? Because God desires to do that stuff. And we become more usable as we yield more fully of us giving ourselves up our sinful selves, and saying, God, come and take over every part of my life. Friends, it's about being filled with the Holy Spirit. And that fullness is not about having more of the Holy Spirit. It's about the Holy Spirit having more of you. It's about longing for and yielding to His presence and His influence within you. So in our daily lives, we must take time to to be with the Lord and to sit and to willingly ask for Him to literally, in essence, broaden His influence within us and gladly then yield to His influence and His Lordship within me. I pray this every single day when I pray my morning confession before the Lord. At one point in my life I say from from Colossians 3, Jesus, you know, Lord, I thank You that the truth is I'm hidden with Christ in God. I'm safe inside of here. And so in this safety, I open up my heart. I yield to you, Holy Spirit. You're inside of me. I yield to you. And I, and I, I pray often, God, you know the garbage that exists in there. No one else knows God, but you know the garbage. I ask you, God, grind it up. Do whatever has to be done. Rip it out. Cause me to suffer. Whatever has to happen, God, to get that junk out of me so that you can take that territory. Because that's what spirit fullness is all about, a yieldedness to God. You know, maybe, maybe you're here today and you are feeling spiritually dry and empty. God simply wants you to ask Him to flood your life, to fill every part of you. And you know what? I don't want us to be hung up now that every time we sing a song and it says, come Holy Spirit, and you get all crazy, and you go, oh, well, wait, that's, that's wrong, Pastor Mark. You better straighten out your wife. She picked that song. 
I told our Wednesday night group a while back, I said, I'm going to start writing some new songs about the Holy Spirit. Because I said they don't exactly say what needs to be said. I don't want you to get all freaked out. Because the, the heart of that, the hunger of that is true. It's saying, I just want you to take over all of me. And remember, the Holy Spirit is, he, he is not limited to me or to you. He is always everywhere. He ministers. You have a whole bunch of people who don't know Jesus. The Spirit of God is still there ministering. So it doesn't mean He's not ministering. So I understand the thinking behind it, but I wanted today to make this distinction for you clear. That you can say, listen, if I'm born again, the Holy Spirit did the work. But that's not it. There's more. He wants to fill me with His presence. And that's tied to your asking and, and your yielding. And so maybe you are here today and you're feeling spiritually dry and empty. You're doing, you know, you're, you're saying, I've walked with the Lord for a while and I'm doing all I can do. He's saying, yeah, but I want to do in you something new. I want to, I want to flood you with my presence. Ask God just to flood your life to fill every part of you. He wants you to yield to Him, to invite Him to fill you with His very presence. And I encourage you this morning, before you go away, take some time, right here, right now. Maybe come and to the, to the altar area and spend some time in prayer. And if you want to do that myself and some more pastors will pray for you, maybe you want to stay in your church, in your seat rather, and you just want to pray. Just opening up your heart and saying, Holy Spirit, I yield to you. Fill me completely. Those corners of my life that I've really held back, I yield that to you today. Flood in there. I think about a flood. You know what a flood does? It washes everything away. That's why it's one of the images of the Holy Spirit. Let him wash that away. I give myself to you without reservation. And some of you, when I hear, say those words, it, it makes you very uncomfortable because you've been abused by people. God will never abuse you. He's the perfect Father. He will never hurt you. You do not ever have to be afraid to yield. Yield in in a sense of saying, everything is for you. You never have to be afraid to yield to the Holy Spirit of God. He loves you and He trusts you. And I encourage you today to, to just say, God, I give myself to you without reservation. I just don't want to, to you to control this little portion of my life that I've given. It's my Sunday morning life. But Lord, rather, I want to open myself up to, to be full of your presence. Fill me completely, Holy Spirit. That's what I hope we'll do today. Would you stand with me this morning? I'm just going to pray in a moment. Just kind of a prayer for all of us. I encourage you to spend some time in prayer. If you want prayer, feel free to come forward. We'll pray with you today. I just encourage you to spend some time saying, God, I yield. When you feel dismissed by the Holy Spirit, you can quietly make your way out of sanctuary because people are going to be praying. Have a great day in Jesus because He loves you. Come on back and worship with us Wednesday or Sunday night. Because God's doing a good thing at Portview Church. Heavenly Father, 
Lord, we understand that you've done through your word this amazing thing. Give us this amazing gift. To try to get our human limited brains to somehow grasp the ungraspableness of who you are by the Holy Spirit. Your fire and your wind and your dove and your rain and your indwelling presence. You're ultimately a person. God, I'm not sure we can ever really put it all in the equation and figure it all out, nor, God, are we trying to do that. But, God, I do know this, that what I've seen in my own life, what I've seen in the lives of, of many of your followers, is that we have this limitedness in our experience with you. And the reason we do is we, we have this misunderstanding that you're just near somewhere. It allows us to function in ways that we know aren't in line with you because we go, well, he's just near. Maybe he's not watching right now. We know that's not true. So Paul was saying to the Corinthians, that you're not just near, you're here. You're inside of us. And that God, you want to, in essence, possess the land of our hearts, of our lives. We can see from our lives that that you'll you'll allow yourself to be limited if we allow ourselves not to be. But God, we understand something. This life we scripture life we see in the book of Acts of this of this miraculous life, the life of power, a life of, of salvation, a life of transformation, the kind of life that we know has to happen if our children and our grandchildren and our neighbors and our friends are going to really come to know you and all the things that hold them back are going to be broken through to. It doesn't happen by persuasive words of wisdom. Your word says that. It happens by the demonstration of the Spirit and power. We know that's tied to be filled with you. The Holy Spirit. We open up our hearts today. And we say, Come, Holy Spirit. Come in a sense of expand within us. We yield it all to you. Those little dark corners that no one else knows about. God, we yield that to you. And we ask that in those cases you'd be like fire. You'd burn up the junk and replace it with the good. Those little places within us that are that we hide because we've been so hurt come like oil and bring healing. Come like water and bring refreshment. Fill that part of our life. Or those areas in our life where we're harsh, we're angry, we're unforgiving. We yield those Come like a, like a dove and replace it with kindness and gentleness. Lord, you know what needs to happen in our lives. So we simply open up our hearts to you today. And we say we yield to you. Fill us to overflowing. Let the fruit and the gifts of the Spirit resonate and flow out of us as we yield to you in your fullness, God, so that we can live the kind of life that you have destined for us. And I pray that for every one of us, God, we know it's a continual activity. 
because your word says continue to be filled with the Spirit. So God, never arrive. We're always be filled and refilled. And we So fill us, God. Fill all of us with your presence. We desire to come forward and pray. Please feel free to do that. When you feel dismissed by the Spirit of the Lord, please go and have a wonderful day in Jesus. Let's just allow the Spirit to minister to us this morning.